Well, you found Ballistic Chronicles. This is our podcast where we talk about rifles and ammunition. We talk about big game hunting, predator hunting in the West. If you like what you hear here on Ballistic Chronicles, you can sign up to support free speech and hunting and firearms content right here in the internet age. As a premium supporter, you get access to our whole back catalog. You get members-only big game calling episodes. We go deep into calling for big game like elk, bears, black-tailed deer, coyotes, mountain lions, and we're going to hold annual drawings for prizes to just $5 a month. Just go to GaryLewisOutdoors.Supercast.Tech. We're going to start a new series in the podcast. We're going to call it how to be a coyote hunter. And I'm trying to change some attitudes and some ways of thinking because a lot of times people don't start coyote hunting until February. And we really ought to be hunting in April, May, June, July, and August. These are great times of year to be hunting coyotes. It's a great time to be out in the woods or in the desert. And so let's just let's just think in different ways now and, and hunt coyotes predators year-round and start with a coyote. One of the things that I want to do with this is tell about the way that me and my friends hunt coyotes and we're going to interview some of them and get their perspectives too because there's a lot of different ways to come at this game. So let's let's start with the gear and let's look in the gear closet. I use an electronic call uh, Fox Pro. My current Fox Pro is the X2S. It has a remote control so I can set the thing 100 yards away from me if I want to and keep out of certain spots where I expect the coyotes to come into and maybe manage the wind a little bit better. So that's one thing in the closet, in the in the gear closet for coyotes. A motion decoy. It's really important to use a decoy. It'll change the game a little bit because the coyotes come in they're looking at the decoy instead of looking around and maybe spotting you um, in front of that bush Uh, extra batteries so uh, bring extra batteries for the electronic call and then always have a mouth call if you're relying on that electronic call you can switch over to the mouth call when the batteries run out camo shooting gloves always have both hands in camo gloves or some kind of gloves that hide the skin and the glare off of the skin and so I try to use a real thin glove and sometimes I'll cut the fingers out of it so that I have real precise control on the trigger or on the call in the remote. A face mask, same thing. You're using a face mask and that face looking out from in front of a bush or in front of a tree is a real dead giveaway so make sure you have a face mask and the people that you hunt with have face masks too scent free the hunting boots and so you can keep your boots in a bag with with cover scent or with some sage something like that to cover up the scent Um, another good way is to put scent on your boots while you're going out to scent the call and do the same thing with your hunting clothes put them in a bag keep them in there with some sage or some pine and begin to kill some of that human scent Shooting sticks. Shooting sticks are often a really good choice to have when you're calling coyotes. And then a shooting stool or a pad to sit on is sometimes a good idea. And I always like to have a wristwatch with me because I set the wristwatch down on the ground and I look at it when I start to call because everything I'm doing 
relative to the call, I'm running off of the wristwatch. So I'll call for 30 seconds, be quiet for two minutes, and then I call for 30 more seconds. So I'm coordinating that all off of the wristwatch. And one of the things I've noticed over the years of hunting coyotes is that birds are often a dead giveaway to something that coyotes might be doing. And so magpies and crows and ravens especially, but also hawks and eagles will pay attention to what coyotes are doing. So if you see, for example, a magpie sitting in the top of the tree and it's looking down at something, sometimes it's looking down and watching what a coyote's doing. So lots and lots of times I have seen a magpie in a tree or or crows or ravens and I've known there's a coyote there and I've ended up killing that coyote or um, in some cases missing that coyote. And the birds are, they can see everything. And so oftentimes a magpie will get a free meal when the coyotes made a kill. And so they're paying close attention. I was out in the desert last year at a spot where I killed a big antelope with my muzzleloader. And I was just going back there to see the spot again and see if I could call in a coyote. And I sat for an hour and 45 minutes watching this water hold on a hot day, just waiting to see if a coyote would come in. Eventually, what I saw was a couple of ravens. They flew in from the southeast, and I saw them make kind of a turn, and they're looking at something on the ground. And so immediately, I'm thinking there's a coyote there. They're watching a coyote, or they're with a coyote. So I started to call, and that coyote came straight from the spot where those birds had been watching and came out, pulled in behind a bush, and um, I got my shot. So we're in a period of time where we're in a rapid growth of predator population across the West, and there's less money being allocated to predator control from local county governments and even in cattle and sheep country and so it's really our conservation imperative to control coyotes and i think the best tool is a talented committed hunter with a rifle and a shotgun and a coyote call so let's let's think about hunting coyotes at this time of year when the animals are um, denned up it's june it's july they're raising their their young pups they're teaching them how to hunt. They're teaching them how to kill lambs and calves and deer fawns. And so this is a good time to be out there and control their numbers. When you're going out to call coyotes, try to find a place where you can go from location to location without a whole lot of time in between. I would like to have six to eight sets on any given coyote hunting day. So if I can, I know that if I can put in eight sets, I'm going to have success on one or two of those setups. And I might even have multiple coyotes come in on, on some of those sets. So what you want to do is try to find a place where you can hide the truck and get up over a ridge, make your call, wait there for, do your call for 20 minutes, and then back out, get back to the truck drive a half mile, drive two miles, stop, get out, make another call, 15 to 20 minutes, get back in the truck, 
drive off and hide the truck, get up over the ridge or down into a little valley and make another call. So if you can find locations like that, then you can have good hunting throughout the day. And you're not going to get coyotes on every set, but you're going to be out there and you're using, you're making the best use of your time. So I like to start paying attention to the scent um, at home. And so you can use scent-free soaps in the laundry and then don't put your camo in with a dryer sheet. Bag up your clean hunting clothes in one bag. Put your boots in another bag. Use sagebrush, use juniper or pine. And then when you're traveling, when you are going from point A to point B, you might be stopping at gas stations, might stop to get a cup of coffee. You're wearing your street clothes and your shoes at the restaurant and the gas station. And then when you get out, you turn onto the dirt road. That's when you change your clothes and you might even use some scent eliminators like Dead Down Wind or Scent Killer, Hunter, Hunter Specialties, Scent Away, products like that. And headed to the first stand, now you're going to maybe use some cover scent. So you can use fresh earth scent or fox urine or rabbit scent or raccoon scent. And you can use a scent drag on the boot or you can spray scent on the branches. I've watched coyotes run in or sneak into a call but they hit the brakes when they catch just a little fragment of human scent on the wind. A dog's nose, they tell us, can sort out up to seven different odors at the same time. And so that's why if I'm using scent eliminators and then I'm using environmental odors like pine or juniper or sage and then multiple cover scents, I think I begin to feel like I've got the confidence that I'm confusing them enough that I can tease them into range with good calling and a visual attractor like a decoy. So now you found a good place to call. You, you think about, is this an ideal stand? And it's hard to find just like that ideal stand where everything comes together and everything is just the way you want it. But what you try to do is back up to trees or back up to bushes and then not have branches or boulders in the way, anything that's going to interfere with the view. If your camouflage good, you can sit uh, with your back to a tree and you're not going to move. You're not moving. You're not scratching your nose. You're not getting up and, and stretching. You're staying still and you're not even moving your head all that much. You're moving your eyes more than anything else. So you can stay pretty still and camouflaged when you set your mind to it with your back to a tree or you're back to a bush. And that bush is breaking up your outline. And because you've got gloves on, you've got face mask and good camo, you're not going to attract attention. And besides, if you've got a motion decoy out front, that's what the animal is going to focus on as it begins to come in. So I like to set the motion decoy far enough away from me that when the coyote comes into view, it spots the decoy and doesn't see my movement as I'm starting to lift the gun barrel. What I try to do with the gun barrel is keep it oriented in the direction that I think the coyote is going to come from. So if I think the coyote is going to come from my one o'clock, I'm going to have the gun barrel already angled in that direction. And sometimes I've got it propped up on the tip of my boot and sometimes I have it propped up on maybe a branch, something low on the ground. I try to keep it up out of the dirt. Then 
that way it's a minimum of motion when I've got to bring the butt of that shotgun or the butt of that rifle up to my shoulder. And then if an animal begins to come from a different direction than the way that I expected it to, which happens all the time, then as soon as I see that animal, I begin to think about, okay, when is it going to go behind a bush or go down into a little dip where I can move the barrel of that shotgun and orient it to the direction that it's coming from now. Most hunters are using rabbit sounds. We really get into these ruts where we use the same kind of sounds that everybody else is using. So we're using jackrabbit, cottontails. What I want you to do is try to do the different thing. Use bird in distress calls or use livestock sounds instead. So if you're hunting in an area that has cattle, use the sounds of a calf in distress. Or if you're in a place that has a lot of sheep, use a lamb in distress sound. You've got binoculars with you in a chest harness. You're not using your rifle scope to look at things that aren't targets. You're using your binoculars. If you have to, you'll pick up your binoculars real slow and hold them up to your eyes, see what you need to see, and then put them back down slow. You keep your movements really slow, really measured, Gun barrels pointed in the direction that you expect the coyote to come from. I put a wristwatch on the ground next to the remote control and next to my backup mouth call. And I'm planning to be 20 minutes at each spot. So I'll call for 30 seconds, then raise the volume, and then I'll call for 30 more seconds. Then I'm going to go quiet for about two minutes and then call for 30 seconds or more and so on for about 15 minutes. And then I use the last five minutes to either put out some bird sounds like raven or crow or magpie or just simply go silent and see what happens next every time i see a coyote i am reading its body language even if i'm driving along the road and i see a coyote out in a field i'm noting whether it's seeming nervous or whether it feels relaxed if it's looking for mice if it has its head up if it's watching game i'm always trying to tune in to what is going on with that coyote. And after you've tried to read their body language for a while, you begin to pick up on what's going on and you get a sense of what they're going to do next. When So when you're calling and the coyote comes into view, you immediately know it, that whether it's totally committed to the call or whether it's afraid it's going to get into a fight or whether it's halfway concerned that this might be another trap. So watch, see what it's going to do. Keep keep track of it. I often make the mistake of shooting too quick. And if that coyote is coming in and it's liking the sounds that it's hearing and it keeps coming in, just let it come. Here's what's going to happen. At some point, it's going to hold up and it wants to get a good look at the setup. It might be trying to get a good look at the decoy. And you've got three seconds. You don't have any more than three seconds. When that thing goes broadside, and is looking, what it's going to do next is it's going to turn around and it's going to run. It might go out the way it came in and it might go out a different way. You got three seconds, put the crosshairs on it and then squeeze. You as the hunter are the ultimate conservationist and you can make a difference for deer, elk, and antelope on the winter range and on the summer range. And and I submit to you that if you begin to hunt year-round for coyotes, and you spend a good amount of time in June, July, August, 
And going into September, your, your score on Kyos is going to go way up. Now, if you want to get into details on specific types of calls at this time of the year, take a look at our content on the premium side where we go in-depth on hunting coyotes in April, May, June, July, and August, and then where we talk about the standard call setup and, and the standard call sequences. Hey, it's been fun, guys. Get out there and hunt coyotes. How to be a coyote hunter. We're going to bring you some more in this series, and I think you're going to like it. Hey guys, if you like what we're doing here on Ballistic Chronicles, you can support the show and get in-depth hunting content you won't get anywhere else. Just go to GaryLewisOutdoors.Supercast.Tech or click through in the show notes.